Greetings, Commanders, and welcome to episode 139 of Lave Radio, the show that talks about the universe of Elite and the fantastic community that surrounds it. I'm your host, John Stabler, and joining me in the Orange Sidewinder for this episode, in no particular order, are Chief Bar Steward, Grant Walcott, Commander Psycho Cow. Good evening. Also joining us, Chief Archivist, Colin Ford. Good evening, everybody. And head of health and safety. Where would we be without him, Ben Moss Woodward? Probably not crashing into a space station at 50 miles an hour. And we're also joined by Andre Marshall. Hello there. Good evening. And we have a special guest. Is he special or just a regular guest? I don't know. Uh, but joining us is Connor McGuinness. Did I say Hello. that right? Yes, you did. <clears throat> good, good. Good evening. Okay, so just a reminder, if you want, you can join us live. We're hanging out, well, Ben's hanging out in game at Lave Station. Are you in open, Ben? Yeah, I'm in open. I've been playing with Commander's Y2K bug already and Commander, I think Commander Bam's around and a couple of other folks as well already just been crashing into me because, you know, that's kind of what we do. Cool. Uh, If you can't get into the game or don't want to, uh, you can also log on to our IRC chat channel which you can access through laveradio.com forward slash live. And, of course, we're on twitch.tv slash laveradio. So, introductions. I haven't been on for a while, guys. Um, so you, I'll use this opportunity to ask you what you've been up to. So what have you been up to, Ben? Uh, In-game, I've mainly been helping the truckers out, actually. They've been having problems down at uh, Kappa One Seti. And we've been just trying to run missions, but then there's been a bug whereby, even though we need to run missions to get the system back up and running for the background sim stuff, there's been no bloody missions showing up, which has been a bit frustrating. Um, apart from that, I've been doing some engineering stuff. I've been doing a little bit of stuff, getting my serious reputation up to get the permit for there. I've been um, doing some that, community goals. I've been doing some engineering stuff. I've been doing a little and bit I've been of echoing back for myself as stuff, well. getting Thanks, my Grant. serious reputation up to get the permit for there. Oh, technical difficulties. I love it. Already. Yeah, Already. We, we, are, comes... we are trying out a new system, I believe, Grant, aren't we? Yes, um, that was, believe it or not, my browser crashed and I wasn't able to do anything. Upon restarting, it reopened up all the tabs, including the test one, and played it straight back to your ears. It's gone, it's done. It sounded very clear. It should do, yes, this is our new um, media server, but I'll wait till you ask me what I've been up to. Uh, so yeah, right, well, you can go last I've, been playing with, I've also been playing with aliens and stuff like that as well, but I guess we'll be covering that later. Okay, cool. So, Colin, what's been keeping you busy? What's been keeping me busy? Um, ooh, well, in-game, I now, I now have a split personality. Uh, I've got my main commander and my Xbox commander, and I've got my Xbox commander now into a, a state where I've got a ship that should be able to make Colonia <laughs> from absolutely nothing. 
So I've got a silver Sidewinder, which will be able to hopefully make the trip. And I'll be streaming that one out on the on the, the Top Shift channel. Um, apart from that, I'm down here in Maya, um, desperately looking for Thargoids. But it seems that none of them want to actually talk to me. Oh, I know. Well, it's just well, you've got split personality. You can speak to your other, your other. Comments. Yeah, uh, and judging by the level of communication in this game at the moment, I think it's probably the only person I'll be able to have a conversation with. <laughs> Fair enough. Andre, what's been keeping you busy? Um, I'm still up at um, Colonia, which is obviously thousands of light years away um it's it's still very pretty up there um and i've just been kind of getting to know some of the community members that are up that are up there um the colonia citizens network have got got a nice discord channel they've got a, a new website which I'll, I'll talk about a bit later in the podcast um but yeah hanging around in colonia is actually worth the trip so yeah it's good stuff up there oh, nice Go on then, before I uh, speak to the special special guest, I'll ask Grant, what have you been doing? Yeah, not much. <laughs> Keep it short. After, after all that build-up. No, Everyone was wondering. We are in the process of uh, moving the Lave Radio uh, server that we use for broadcasting and putting it onto a new service, which should improve the quality of the stream, sort of sound quality should be better. So if you're listening to it tonight on the laveradio.com website through the player, you're getting it in its full glory. If you're listening to it on TuneIn, until it catches up with the settings, which will be in time in the next 24 hours, it will be in a slightly lesser quality, but still pretty good. And, of course, the biggest difference is we are now able to play commercial music um, legitimately. So... We can have a 24-hour stream which will play all kinds of music depending on what we set up over the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, reset your bookmarks to Live Radio. The 24-hour stream is back. Oh, well, so literally any commercial music. So we can have some, I don't know, like Avril Lavigne or something. Whatever you want, you can put on, yes. Can I put Aqua back on? No, <laughs> apart from Ben. Everybody else <laughs> in the world is allowed to put up whatever music they want apart from Ben. Well, can I vote that we have like a whole 24 hour marathon of a loop of pink custard that we, we could do a sort of yeah 24 hour uh, pink custard loop that would be Watch fine <laughs> oh dearie me yeah we could do that but that's the, that's been today's project because we're coming up to the end of the renewal period for the other station and this one is considerably less expensive and has actually a slightly more flexible setup uh, in some ways in other ways it's a bit more problematic but we have our plans of how to tackle that so that we can bring you the latest and greatest episodes of Escape Velocity live as they come and uh, also try and encourage some of these guys on the crew to do some live broadcasting then they're doing uh, their own Twitch streams possibly uh, you know uh, a top shift yeah Okay. I'll try my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, me, me and Jarvis uh, are keen to get back on the wagon with our uh, gaming outpost. Uh, well, I can't even remember what we called it now. Um, yeah, you know, our desert island, Your desert island thing. disc thing. Yes, yes. Um, we have got people lined up. It's just trying to get them sorted. But I'll, I'll maybe talk about that when it's my turn. So. 
Connor, perhaps you'd like to introduce yourself and your commander name and, and tell us what you've been up to. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, Commander Lexic Mice in-game, and I've been pretty much just exploring out corewards towards the uh, Conflux area, and I'm hopping over to Hawking's Gap after hearing about the uh, new settlement that was found over there. Okay, if we're cool. uh, lucky, perhaps we'll find some more out there sometime soon. So is there is there a story behind your commander name? Uh, not really. <laughs> Just a uh, name that I've been using for quite a while in uh, multiple MMOs, stuff like that. Oh, right. What other MMOs have you played? Um, mainly World of Warcraft. Ah, uh, another WoW player. I like it. <laughs> Fine. Yeah. Okay, cool. Right, uh, what, what have I been up to? Well, it's just, I'm not going to bore people with my usual work and that. But uh, as I said, we are hoping to bring back the uh, Outpost, uh, which apparently was very successful. We had a lot of good feedback about that. Um, I'm not in a position to say who is going to be our next guest, because we actually have a few different people lined up, and it's whoever we get to first. But um, I'll give you a clue. Um, some of them are legends in 16-bit computing. Okay, that's it. That's 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 the only thing I'm going to say. There you are. Um, so next thing we're going to talk about what's been happening in game. Now this is where I'm kind of out of the loop a bit. I have played a bit since the last update, uh, trying out all the new missions and things like that, which I got quite frustrated with. But I'll get to that later probably. Um. Anybody want to talk about something interesting that's been happening? No. <laughs> I mean, are we talking about the, the newsletter with the new ship kits? Okay. All right. I tell you what, we'll, we'll go to that then. All right. So apparently Frontier in what I don't know whether it's like what I'd call like a Trumpian slip in that maybe they're trying to tell the truth or something. I don't know. Uh, but apparently you now available you can get custom shit skins um, or shit kits. What, what's the, what's yes. the difference between a kit and a, a skin? Sorry. Perhaps someone can explain that first of all. Oh, I guess right. I can explain that. If you I'll, look I'll, on I'll the Twitch then. stream just now, uh, which is twitch.tv slash layradio, you'll see I'm in an anaconda, but my anaconda's not looking terribly stock. So it's a bit dark, so I need to check, get fix the lighting. Oh, that's why it's dark. I've got somebody, somebody in a blooming cutter floating above me. Thanks, Gaylor. I was trying to get some light there, dude. Um, so, so what is a kit then? Is it is it so basically a spoiler? Is is that what we're talking spoilers about? Spoilers and wings and bumpers and stuff like that for your anaconda or your or your python. I think was released the other day yep. as well. Yeah, python and the viper. And oh yeah, but we don't care. I don't care about that. Some people might. Oh, come on. Come on, Ben. Sorry, am I, am, am I being not showing the Vipers any love? Well, no, not you're everybody's, not. Not everybody's in a, you know, an expensive ship. There might be people who've just recently joined the game and a Viper is their current... You know, They might be in love with it and, and they might be interested in something like that. That's fine, but if you're going to fly and, in something and like that, fly in an eagle. Well, actually, the Vipers just had a, a bit of a... a a do-over. What with its uh, its ten ton being ten ton lighter now, it, mm. it's uh, that little bit more. Let's see, it it moves a little bit better, I think. Okay, well, I ha I haven't tried it since they they 
tweaked it because yeah, I always felt the Viper is just like a. It is fast, but it's like uh, I don't know. If, um, it's like a drag car, I guess, except bigger and beefier. Well, yeah, it was the original Interceptor. I mean, I remember when yeah. the game first came out, like in the Alpha, the the uh, the Eagle was a bit. Well, it probably is still a bit lightweight, and you know, mm -hmm. you'd pop quite easily in combat. Whereas the Viper was a bit more survivable, and it had a really high top speed, so you could catch anything. But obviously, that's all changed now. Is What's the fastest ship in game now? Is it the Courier or uh, the Imperial Eagle? Eagle, isn't it? Yeah. The, the, the Imperial Eagle. Eagle. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so We're saying the same thing. It's the Imperial Eagle. So, okay. uh, especially when you can have that modified by the engineers, that will certainly shift a bit. Right. Get your dirty drives on it. Mm-hmm. Right, so, so these custom ship kits... <laughs> Yes, <laughs> I will say ship from now on. Very, um, very careful. Yeah, they, they, um, so they don't actually have any kind of physical effect on your ship. They don't make it absolutely faster. none. They don't even, they don't even change the hitbox of your ship. No. Oh. So it is purely a visual gimmick. You, know, okay. you could even call aesthetic. Call, maybe the holographic ship kits or something. I don't know. I mean, uh, some of them are quite hey. good uh, visual. Um, buffs <clears throat> okay so they don't have actually have an effect they're purely cosmetic then yes um and so they're only out for a, a couple of ships at the moment i've have, have, have frontier quite a few ships now they're out yeah. for i think it's eight. Oh, yeah it's eight of them yeah eight. yeah about eight. i know i know for a fact i've got one for my vulture i've got one for my asp and i've got one for my anaconda so i've got okay. it for the, the the ships that i fly so, purely out of selfish reasons, I'm asking this now. Do yeah. they have anything for the further lands? Yeah, I don't know. No. Give me no. two seconds. They no. do not as of no. yet. Oh, Typical. Yeah. <laughs> no. Listen, as I've got a, a further lands as well. I don't want it spoiled. I, I think the further lands, as it is at the moment, is probably one of the sleekest, most perfect ships in the game, aesthetically. Yeah. And I, I don't right, really want people spoiling those lines with silly, massive, huge spoilers and, and wingtip enhancements. Mm. Well, then, I'm right this for the... vibe from you. Do, do you have any tattoos? Me? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, Surprisingly enough. There you go. It's just the way you, you were talking about spoiling, you know, the physical attributes there. I... I, I... Hey, no, Sense. don't get me wrong, because um, I've got a couple of ship kits on uh, the my Asp and also one of the other ships. I can't remember which one, the Cobra. And actually, those ones are really nice. It's just that I think that the, the Ferdelance is, is sleek and it's perfect, should be left alone. I, I well, do know what you mean there. The yeah. Ferdelance is a very, very pretty ship. The Ferdelance is definitely pretty nice. And to be fair, the Asp is so butt ugly. I, I think anything's an improvement on that. <laughs> <laughs> the Asp remains my favourite all-purpose ship, I have to say. But it's purely for utility reasons. You, yeah. you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know, there's, there's pick a, up hot a, chicks in it, would you? Let's be honest. I don't know. There's a certain brutal simplicity to it. I think. Yeah, I, I think if we're talking that kind of thing, you know, the Ferdinand would be my <laughs> twenty-one-year-old wife who I take. Out and you know, show off. 
Okay. Sorry, my 21-year-old okay. girlfriend or something like that. You know, the bit of totty on my arm would be the third lance. Whereas and then your the wife would be... And then my wife would be an asp. <laughs> I can't believe you said that. I thought you'd be far more political. You know, oh, political. my God. I, 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 love, I love my asp. It keeps going forever. Oh, no. And it's so reliable. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just cringy. It's, it's, it's a great ship. Oh, it's a great. <laughs> it's no imperial clipper, it's, it's, but it's, it's you know, <laughs> but it's a good solid all rounder. <laughs> you see, it's it's a great ship until you realize that it looks like a pancake, and then it's just a little off putting. Okay, so it's a double bagger, but that's all right. Oh, uh, and Ben, the only three female listeners we've got, we've now lost. Thank you. <laughs> In the name of equality, <laughs> and one of them was your wife. <laughs> um, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow. Mogrix also loves his wife's wife's asp. Okay. Oh dear. Oh, dear. Uh, I didn't mean on. to open that can Oops. of worms. I apologise. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, um, the lance was quite nice. <laughs> You've missed this, John. Really, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> what, the awkward humour, yeah. When mm. somebody says something. To be fair, it's 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 a change because usually it's Grant or or um, or Fozza that says something. So no, I'm I'm actually blaming Grant because we've not had an episode of Dockers for a while, so I'm just having to get it out while I can. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> um, should we talk about our main discussion then? The reason why we have poor Connor on. Connor, I, I hate to say it, you can join in whenever you want. You don't just have to wait until we talk about. <laughs> something in particular but you know if you've got something to say especially if it gets us off a, oh. a topic like asps um but yeah our main topic is aliens believe it or not because apparently some people have been seeing some things out in space and um there's been youtube videos to prove it so uh does anybody have a kind of intro on this that, you know something in particular they wanted to say because i've just seen the the videos i haven't seen aliens myself uh, I know a lot of people have been flying around trying to engage with them. So mm, what's been happening? <laughs> Go on then, Colin. Give us a flavour oh, of what you well, haven't seen. Well, what I haven't seen. Well, at the moment there are, are three major um, alien issues happening at the at, at the present time. We have the um, Xenohenge, as I like to call it. There's the, the massive... Um, puzzle quest that's happening over there um that's one thing that i've actually not managed to find so far uh because uh, basically i've been down stuck down here in maya and i am trying to get a hyper indiction from one of these alien flowery craft which you can't call um thargoids apparently because frontier just doesn't turn around and say thargoids but in addition to that there is also um the the Fordamai oh I, I always have a problem with the pronun the pronunciation of this. Um, someone give us a hand with this. The, the something yeah. rift. Uh, Formidine rift. Formidine, the Formidine rift. Yes, where some serious discoveries have been made over the last week since the patch went live, and um, I do believe uh, Connor, you've got more details on that one. Uh, yes, I'm actually out near the uh, other two locations that were mentioned. Uh, the conflux in Hawkins Gap, where uh, one settlement so far has been found in each of the locations with 
one um quite interesting things such as in the rift a uh, crew not being able to hyperspace out of the system and basically being stranded there so these are these ones to do with the children of raxler yeah that, 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 that this is to do with the uh the clues that were left with uh drew wagar's book you yes, basically reclamation yeah, you you take the, what was it the line from the the Tinnersler graveyard, point it to uh, Ridiquat and keep on going. Uh, it was um, not Tionisla, it was a uh, Riort, if I remember correctly, Riort and Ridiquat, and then you take yeah. that line and just keep on moving. And and that's led uh, the guys out to the rift, out, uh, in a far part of the, the remote part of the galaxy, and uh, yes, and. The children of Raxler have, as Connor quite rightly said, discovered another two settlements which are connected. And it's all, it's, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's got something to do with a dynasty expedition? Uh, yes, the um, beacons that point to those planets in a way, they uh, say the system name and then the planet that it is on. And those are supposedly rally points for something which is called the dynasty expedition which we don't really know much about and not really much in terms of the uh, purpose of it either. All we know is that apparently some of the pilots on the, those expeditions in the uh, conflux were getting interdicted by Thargoids all the way up there, and they were just keeping on jumping. They were spending more time in witch space than in normal space, is what I believe some of the logs had noted. Definitely the, Thargoids. Uh, yeah, definitely it's... Thargoids. Okay. Oh. It would seem. And then uh, out in the rift, there's the, uh, like I mentioned earlier, there's the um, crew who could not hyperspace away from the system they were in and became essentially trapped. And they had to uh, take up base on a nearby habitable planet. So it's kind of lucky that they stumbled upon that at the same time that they would have not been able to leave. Yeah, there's a question I've got to ask about that, the one that's in the rift, um, because people discovered that one base where they found this, this um, uh, these messages about, you know, we found a habitable planet. Is where the base is, is that what they consider the habitable planet, or is there an Earth-like nearby? Um, I haven't seen an Earth-like in the uh, system, and that's actually the settlement that I haven't gotten around to visiting yet, only seeing ah, right. screenshots on the subreddit. But I don't know, considering the uh, Conflux settlement notes that um, it says comms logs, which makes me think that this is more of a receiver than this is where they set up. It's logging transmissions from the ships that are actually out there exploring back to the settlement. Right. That's see. my current theory, at least. Yeah. Because um, I, I do remember Sidian Ant went out there and uh, his latest video shows a lot of the detail on the base. And one of the things which I think everybody was surprised by was that there, there seems to be these biodomes that have crops inside them, but they've all died. And you can actually tell the difference because normally they're green, but these are all brown and withered. <laughs> and I just didn't know whether or not it was that was the base which was the habitable planet they discovered or, or whether right. or not. Yeah, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Uh, it would seem that that's just some form of comms relay or something. Ah, I see. So now we've got to all try and work out where this habitable planet is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I suppose oh, that is definitely the next step. 
Uh, Although that could definitely take quite some time. So yeah. kind of like a, a noob question as somebody who who's not been playing recently, um, especially since, you know, these aliens. Um, I know all the pointers seem to be to Thargoids, but has Frontier actually used the word Thargoids themselves? Have they actually confirmed that that is the species? Nope. Uh, they have not. They have not said Thargoid once in relation to any alien things, actually. So that makes I've... me suspicious straight away. Yeah, but they have, actually, yeah, they have actually confirmed that these monoliths are called the Guardians. Mm. Uh, the Guardians seem to be... Um, uh, the uh, oh, the scans that people are performing out there uh, in order to perform uh, to get their 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 million hundred million credits or something like that. Um, they're revealing some quite interesting facts about what the guardians were. They're obviously, some kind of bipedal people and 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 obviously things like that. However, um, it's one of these slow progress ones where we're only slowly beginning to peel back the first layer of the onion as far as these uh, these these extra terrestrials are. So uh, if anybody's got more information on that one, because that's the, the one part I haven't actually had time to look for. Uh, at the moment, we have actually, at Canon, we've recorded over, uh, actually not over, just around one-third of all the uh, data entries. Oh, right. So that many now. There's a hundred. Yeah, there's a hundred and one total, and we have thirty-six yeah. logged. So wow. we have quite a bit of data on them, but there's still a lot of missing links. Mm. So sorry, how how do you know there's a hundred and one of them? Uh, it's in because front of you say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. There's a uh, from what we've discovered. There's five categories: uh, language, biological technology, cultural, and historical. And each of those will say like 9 out of 21 or uh, 7 out of 21. Or, yeah, and so on. So if you just add all those numbers together, you'll get a total of 101. Okay, and, and, you, and you get 1 million for each if you do the, the mission. Uh, yes, and then if you uh, collect all 101, it would seem that you would get 101 million alongside a uh, Nice hundred million credit bonus. So that's two hundred million from one mission. Oh, wow, that's that's crazy. <laughs> that, that's just nothing. while we're talking about the money here, if you guys remember back to I think it was last week's show, but I know Alan said it a couple of times in the past that you know, obviously you know we talked how a lot of this law finding stuff is is kind of taking place on Reddit or on the forums rather than in game. Whereas this seems to be, here's a, here's a great big stick saying, come and play the game and discover all this stuff. I and mean, what do you think about the gamification of the looking for this lore? I think that it is definitely a step in the right direction because you will eventually you get more engaged with the story than just looking at people figuring it out on the forums, that's mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you look at some of the some of the puzzles, like all of the, the graphics hidden in the audio and stuff, which is very clever, but it's yeah. outside of the game, isn't it? You know, it's completely something different. You can't just sit and play. You have to right. go and do something else. Or, or, or as you say, you know, you have to go and look on Reddit or somewhere else to look out, okay, that's what that means. Now right. The game. So, yeah, I think uh, it's quite good. 
another great thing about this is it really paints out some of the uh, details about them. Like, for uh, for instance, they had something called the uh, Monolith Network, and that was their communication system and essentially allowed them to share all of their information across all of their settlements and planets, which is quite interesting. And then uh, they also had sentient AI at one point is mentioned Uh-oh. and they had gotten. Yeah. We don't, we don't say anything about sentient AI. Nothing to see here. Move along. <laughs> <laughs> and then they actually had implants to catch up to that, which is quite interesting. Is, is there also talk of, you know, uh, I've seen lots of speculation about there being another alien base. Is, what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that there is another one or two? Or? Um, I think that there is definitely another two because we have currently a third of the total data entries, yet um, no new data entries have been discovered since we hit 36 around one or two days ago maybe three. So it's very, there's definitely more out there to find, more data to find as well alongside that, which should help paint a much better picture of what's going on here. And okay. So uh, talking about alien encounters, as I said, I've only seen like video of somebody getting pulled out of hyperspace. Um, do we know for certain, you know, the, you know, the requirements to kind of make that happen? Like, do you have to be in a certain place? Uh, I know there's talk of artifacts and things like that. Um, at the moment, it would seem that you just have to be around the Merope area, and that's about it. Uh, you hear a lot about from Reddit and the forums that, oh, you need to have interacted with a UA, or you need to have a UA on you, but it's really nothing's very solid at the moment. Because in the beginning, back in that first couple days, everyone was testing with the UA because that's what everyone had assumed was required. And it had only really come up later that, oh, hey, the first person to get interdicted wasn't even carrying one. So it's it's very iffy in terms of a lot of things. But the location is, is a definite factor then? Uh, it would seem because I have made hundreds of jumps out here near the core and conflux and all that, and I have not gotten hyperdicted a single time. So it would seem that location being around rope definitely has something to do with it. Okay, cool. And I'm assuming, I guess, that if somebody does discover the other bases on other planets and other systems, then they would, you know, potentially be, you know, other hotspots where you might get hyperdicted or whatever you call it. Yep. Okay, cool. Right. Anyone else have anything to say about this? Because, I mean, I'm fascinated by it. And, you know, I mean, how far... Well, I'm just trying to think where I park my ship and how far it's going to take for me to get there to, if, I want, if I wanted to go and, uh, you know, experience it for myself. How, how far out is it? Merops. Oh. What, about 300, about 400 light years from Seoul. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so Around not far at all. Oh, that's pretty cool then. So even people who aren't hardcore and used to traveling thousands of light years for some of these bizarre community goals mm. um, can probably experience it. So oh, that's, that's pretty cool. 
How far uh, out is the alien ruins? Because they're not too far either, are they? Uh, those are around the same as Marump, actually. Just another uh, 400 light years, give or take. Yeah. Oops. Completely different direction, mine, but... Hmm. Yeah. Completely away from Marope, actually. Not in the other direction, right. but... It, certainly not close. It does make me quite excited to actually hear that this... Uh, Guardians race have something to do with AI because we all know that AI's banned the human race banned AI as far as this game was concerned, and you just have a, a wonder whether or not we're not just dealing with uh, what could be potential Thargoids, but we could be dealing with a uh, potential Cylons. <laughs> yeah, yeah <it's> <laughs> that would, would be... definitely be interesting. It would definitely be cool so if it's... the reason why we haven't seen Thargoids is that they've actually gone extinct. You know, their own AI turned against them or something like that. And, and now we're seeing, you know, a kind of militant AI kind oh, of Borg-like. Yeah, that's, cool. defi- that's definitely the, the plot for Black- Battlestar Galactica, isn't it? If you're wanting <laughs> to turn on, you know, put the tinfoil hats on, you know, hasn't wasn't there something in some of the Guardians logs saying that they've been working in biological data? Uh, I'm trying to find that log right now, but if I remember correctly, there is one that mentions... Ah, here it is. Um, This is uh, a quote. Uh, I would counter that the integration of such technology at a societal level gave them greater knowledge of its application. As well as biological warfare agents, they also created creatures expressly for use in battle, and these remained effective even into the modern era. Now, one of the theories that requires a lot of tinfoil um, that I have heard uh, from Canon quite a few times has been that the Guardians potentially created the Thargoids. Cool. That's, that's, a, that's an interesting leap. It is. But then again, if you, if you want to breed an alien-type race that's bent on warfare, the Thargoids would certainly tick all those boxes, wouldn't they? It would, especially a since weapon, uh, yeah. they were yeah. made expressly for that combative and war purpose, so it would make sense for them to create something like that. So this is where my ignorance about you know the you know the history of elites shines through. Um, mm-hmm. Have we actually been given a reason why the Thargoids disappeared? Because obviously they were about quite a bit in previous games, and then you know we haven't well, seen them for a actually, while. Actually, no. Um, everybody is, is, is working on the assumption that the lore uh, in Frontier First Encounters is, is, um, is canon, when it's actually not anymore. I, mean, I think Michael Brooks has sort of um, insinuated that this is a fresh start. What happened in the old games happened in the old games. The Thargoids have disappeared. We don't know why. And um, with the whole point, and according to Michael Brooks and Alan last week was that we've got this is insinuating another first contact situation. Only it looks like we've got multiple first contacts with the Guardians and with these other aliens who we suspect are Thargoids. Okay, cool. Well, that, that, that's that. definitely interesting because I've always been told that the uh, canon ending for first encounters was that we completely wiped them out with the uh, mycoid, I believe it was called. No, that has definitely been yeah. poo-pooed by Mike Bro- Mike Brooks. Uh, yeah. There's quite a um, bit of hoo-ha on the forums when that happened. Yes, um, there's been a lot of. Um, 
I, I think there's been a little bit of a misunderstanding because everybody thinks that this is a direct going on from uh, Frontier First Encounters, when actually, technically, it's it's more like a kind of re-retcon. I think mm. the... It's the, a reboot. They weren't happy with the first yes. Spider-Man, so Something they, like they that, did yeah. another one. Yeah, that's what's actually happened. But I think what you know, the the story that I've been hearing that's coming out of it is, you know, we've heard vague tales from a couple of dubious characters down the line, and certain governments are maybe trying to cover things up. Not everything that you hear is the truth, and so on and so on. So what we thought I mean, we you... heard, we did not hear, or something. I mean, the the closest we've got to some kind of idea about Thargoids is the the novel by T. James, which is Out of Darkness, and that's supposed to be an official... That is an, an official elite novel. Um, whether or not the stuff about the Thargoids in that novel is canon, if you like, uh, we don't know. Uh, if I remember rightly, that there was something about a Thargoid civil war or something like that happening in in that book, or it was oh, hinted sure at. That. I'll have to start reading with, it again. Yeah, to bring out the Babylon 5 quotes back again, it's like, understanding's a three-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then again, what with um, Alan insinuating last last week that they cannot tell the difference between uh, between us, so that if if one commander opens fire on one of these ships, we're all doomed. Then, well, I think things are going to get interesting in two point four. They definitely yeah, that, that are. That could be kind of scary. Well, no, we just have to hope that the engineers come up with something. Oh, I mean, has there been any other revelations that have been coming out of the Guardians? Because I know yeah, to, the original description of the Guardians sounded, they sounded very hu- uh, humanoid to me. And then with them talking about seeding the gal- seeding things, it's almost, you know, I was wondering from the couple of stuff that I've read, it's like, hang on, are they trying to suggest that the Guardians maybe created humanoid or humans on Earth? Right. Uh, uh, act, there's a lot of similarities between the Guardians and humans, considering mm-hmm. pretty much everything. They've the Guardians had just um, they had these uh, arm ridges that they used for killing prey, and they used that to also cut meat so that they could fit it into their small mouths because apparently they have small mouths. But they. Uh- they okay. seem very overall humanoid, which is very interesting, despite some biological differences. And that's another thing that can also kind of tie into the... Um, the uh, if they created the Thargoids, then perhaps the Thargoids uh, wiped them out almost. So as like a last-ditch effort to save their race, they ended up creating humans as their descendants to kind of keep their species going in a way. I was always under the impression that the Guardians, um, they've, they've kind of disappeared in the last thousand years so that humans and the Guardians would be in the galaxy at the same time, obviously, but we wouldn't be space-fearing when, when they were about. Right. That would make sense. Hmm. But, Where do you yeah. think that these things tie into the missing, then? Or do you think that's yet another thing that we just don't know anything about, really? <laughs> the uh, missing is a very broad term, so I don't think that it's a very easy thing to just say, oh, that's the missing. 
because we, I believe that we had found a settlement uh, at one point that was supposedly a lost generation ship that had gone off course and set up a small little base at some other star system and ended up mm. dying out. And that's supposedly a part of the missing because the missing is just anyone who's really ever gone missing in space, you know, just in which space or <laughs> even in just the early days of the generation ships, there's no real classifying um, the missing under a broad umbrellas like this happened to all of them it's i think that it's really a different story for each case yeah actually i am so looking forward to seeing some generation ships i really am yeah that's going to be a lot of fun um i don't know if people still do it like go through the game files to look for like models of ships and things like that i mean yeah. does anybody know if they're actually already in the game you know waiting for us to discover or that they're I'm, there are, I've not seen anything like that, but there is something else in there, but I'm not going to go into the Oh, oh yeah. spoilers. Put it, put, it, put, it, put it in the chat. Put it yeah, in the, go, in go, the... go and break the fourth wall. Come on, I want to know what this is. <laughs> go, put, it, put it in the Skype chat, rather, not, not on the... Yeah. Not on the yeah. While we're doing that, Parox, have you finally made it, mate? Uh, possibly. Can you hear me? No. Uh, yes, we, we can. can. All right. And it's finally working after 40-odd minutes, almost an hour of screwing with this thing. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> so have you been Sounds listening like... to the discussion so far? Um, just the last couple of minutes is when I finally got this thing in here. In so have you got anything to add about aliens and you know all the strange things going on in the galaxy at the moment? Uh... Not particularly, except for I think the Guardians, they they are distinctly humanoid, but they are very uh, th there are some very distinctive features I think that sets them very far apart from us in many, many ways. You know, some of that was already touched on, but uh, some of the more interesting tidbits in there refer to some of their sexual habits that are quite, shall I say, interesting. I'm surprised yeah. Frontier would go into all that detail. But, uh, yeah, I, I kind of was too, actually. Did you read some of the stuff that was in the original Elite and the stuff we could do with slaves and so on? Uh, um, Mogreacts yeah. in, in um, Twitch is raising a point which we vaguely covered the other day about the Oresians, which are a, a subset possibly of the Thargoid species. Well, yeah. If I remember rightly, the, the, there are there are two versions of the Thargoids. Uh, one of them is called the uh, oh, good grief. One of them is the the Aresians, and the other one is uh, another faction. And that is what I was referring to by uh, some kind of. It was implied there was some kind of Thargoid civil war, or or some kind of conflict within Thargoid society. And um, at the moment, that's all the information that we have. We do know that sort of there are there are two types of thargoids. We know that most of the thargoids, almost all of the thargoids, are female, which is why I had that little theory about the fact that what they're looking for is actually a male thargoid, which is scary. Uh, but you know, at the moment, all we've got is rampant speculation. <laughs> <laughs> 
as far as the Thargoids are concerned. But the guys with the Guardians are making much more uh, <laughs> The Guardians are just rampant. <laughs> so so yeah. uh, you're, you're telling me that it is uh, possible that all the Thargoids really want is just a hug. From a male Thargoid, yes. Considering they're supposed to be rarer than rocking horse poo. <laughs> and then they would just uh, leave us alone and go ahead and uh, yeah, well. go back and do Thargoidy things. <laughs> so I, I seem to remember that when Thargoids originally described as being like insectoid yes. in appearance. Yes. So like maybe yeah, maybe if they're like insects, you know, after they mate, like the female bites off the male's head or something like that. That would explain why there's so few men. Yeah. Kind of like praying manis. Well, when you think about it, when you think about bees and, and things like that, effectively the queen... The queen bee just basically rips off the male's junk and keeps it inside her. So, um, yeah, you could think of a whole lot of gory things just based in our own, um, on our own experience with insects. Insects are weird. <laughs> yeah. Okay, um, I don't know how to segue from that one. <laughs> I've just actually, I've had Andy, Commander Andy Pipkin just raised a point, which we do mention in our show notes that. Frontier have raised the problem that the alien ruins are currently bugged in solo mode as well. Oh, are they? Um, are they? They are. Um, okay, yeah. so I guess you've, you've not... I'll, I'll read the actual bug report then if you guys haven't read that. I have not um, even seen that yet. Okay, right. Well, in that case then, there is a, a bug report saying... Um, after scanning the 15 obelisks, when the survey doesn't crash in the middle of the scan, nothing has happened. The obelisks stayed disabled and impossible to try another combination to unlock the puzzle. I don't understand why players in open mode can continue the puzzle because uh, they stay in the uh, same instance, contrary to us solo players, uh, but we're frustrated to never see ob ob the obelisk reactivate themselves. Please don't tell me it's about the amount of time I have to wait because that's wrong. After over an hour, nothing's happened. And it would be completely crazy to have to wait more than five minutes. Please provide a clue for solo players if there's a trigger mechanism to reactivate the 15 obelisks. Because um, nobody uses an open country to solo mode where it's mandatory. Is there a trigger with relics? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, please confirm whether it's a bug or not. And then various people confirming it. And it was then basically said by Frontier saying, yeah, it's a bug. We know about it. Um... I'm just trying to find the actual problem now, the Frontier post. But basically, Frontier was saying, yes, it's definitely a bug, and we're fixing it. Um, here we go here. So, hey, Coolpix91, uh, thank you for the report, and I'm very sorry about the frustration that's caused this. We're aware of the issue and looking into it. So, basically, Frontier are admitting it, that, in solo at least, it is bugged. Okay. Which is a bit of a pain. But I guess, at the risk of sounding slightly heartless, don't play in solo. Play in a private group if you're not willing to go into open. Yeah, you could always play in your own private group. Play, oh, yeah, play in your own private group rather than solo mode. But still, it kind of sucks for people. Yeah. How's sure. the piracy been out there, actually? Because I've seen, I've seen mentions that the easiest way, for example, to get all the, the data points is to actually just hover over the, the site in your, your ship and let other commanders on the ground do the scanning for you. 
Yeah, I've heard something like that too, where uh, people just load up two of each relic into their ship mm-hmm. and just hover over the ruins and they'll get passive scan data from the uh, people in SRVs scanning below. So there is definitely a benefit to have it in, to be doing it in open as well, which is it's nice seeing that they're encouraging that, I guess. Assuming that's not a bug. Assuming. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to make that assumption. What's the piracy levels like, or are there other commanders out there helping with the helping with the pirate side of life? The majority are behaving themselves, but there are some troublemakers out there. There have been a, reports of a couple of SDC members making their way out there and causing havoc, amongst a few others. Well, that's a shame. Sorry, who is STC? Smiling Dog Crew. Oh, right, okay. Yes. They, are they like the equivalent of like trolls in game then? Mm, yeah, maybe not quite that broad, but yeah. We did actually, we had them on the show quite a while ago, John. I don't know if you were on that episode, but we did have them on. No, no, I don't uh, remember if, if I was on that episode. Okay. So what's their philosophy yeah. then? If they've been on the show, I take it they're trying to promote their group. Uh, uh, we kill convey... everyone? <laughs> Yeah, they're, I would say, giving them the nicest way I could possibly describe it, they're in it for as much fun for themselves as they can possibly generate and screw everybody else. Okay, so like... I, uh, I, is that a, that's a nice way of saying it, isn't it? Yeah. So, like, yeah. like, they were the kind of people that, do you remember when the game first, like, launched and everybody um, who was starting from, like, one of those beginning systems got completely ganked as they left the station? Yeah. There's no. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Pretty much. Right. <laughs> yes, but that's the kind of thing for that uh, the uh, Paladin Consortium are basically defending against these days, isn't it, Parox? Yeah, we try to. I know we've yeah. got people that you know frequent a couple of systems up in the starter area, trying to prevent that kind of thing, at least in open. There's not much we can do if it happens in their own private group. Well, no, so that'd be awkward. But... Okay, and people, is there still some big private groups going? Because I know uh, Morphos. Mobius. Uh, Mobius. I think they're on their third private group now because they keep hitting the 20,000 limit. Oh, right. And of course, all the players who, who, who no longer play and kind of don't leave the group, so they've got to start afresh then. Yeah, and I think it, if I remember right, I think it's just one guy that keeps buying new copies of the game so he can start a new group. They almost need a HR chap. Well, I think they have got a HR chap, actually. Yeah, I think know, they, they do, don't they? Yeah. Like are they, are they taking subs? Are people paying into a PayPal account and stuff? <laughs> I have <laughs> no, no idea. idea. But, yeah, you kind of need someone to kind of police that and stuff. Um, yeah, crazy. Cool. All right, what should we move on to next, then? Can I, can I just go back, whilst we're on the alien conspiracy thing? Just yeah, yeah, go for that, it. Um... um a friend pointed out, if you're on the Frontier Forum, if you right-click on it and click on View Source, if you're using a browser like Chrome, um, there's a little hidden message in um, the Frontier Forum. Um, what, on forum.frontier? Yeah. Go, go to the, like, the, the, the dangerous discussion page. Okay. Right-click on it uh, and then go to View Source. Well, you want to view the code, so View Page yeah. Source. If you scroll down a little bit, in green, in the markup, there's a bit of text that says, are, dot, 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 are they searching for something? 
And if you scroll further down... Oh my god, there's a comment! Yeah. <laughs> and a bit further down from that, it says, I'm not sure... And then it's got static. So there's a little conversation. So I'm keeping my eye on the Frontier forums um, oh. in case they start hiding stuff in there because they seem to be playing silly bugs and putting stuff everywhere. <laughs> I'd actually... Uh, I'd seen that a couple days ago, I think, around the uh, time of the .03 launch. I did not notice that second comment. I don't know if that was just there before and I missed it or if that was added after because that'd be quite interesting if it was. Yeah, there could be an ongoing story going on in there, couldn't it? That'd be quite funny. Yeah, that that would be absolutely hilarious. I'm just seeing they do have some like regular comments going on, just you know, for the whole reason that you actually use comments, uh, like closing the title blocks and things like that, um, icon stuff, thread statistics, icon blocks. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still suffering from that cold I had last week. I'm apologise now. Um, but yeah, there's a couple of little bits that I don't know if it's a real story going on or if it's just a developer having a bit of a joke. Could be it's a probably direct, couldn't it? Yeah, yeah it oh, might it not could... be sanctioned. It might just be a web dev having a laugh. Oh, I see. You know, we've got in you've got static, and then it says I'm not Sir Static. Um, so you know, static's obviously a bit of code that they've got in there. Um, and I'm not tag. I'm not static would imply it's dyna dynamic. Um, sorry, this is not the time to be evaluating sorry, source code, is it? Kind of on a tangent, sorry. Yeah. Um, and that, are they searching for something? Is it, It's kind of close to their search box things, maybe. <laughs> but it's still, you know, why not? It'd be, it would be absolutely hilarious if they did embed stuff into their into the website and something like that, seeing as, you know, they go to the extremes of embedding messages and stuff in sound files. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you just, you're uh, viewing the forum page source for fun and all of a sudden you just stumble upon the location of Raxla. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Actually, sorry, just, you just made me remember something else that I've been hearing stuff about. Is there any... Oh, stenography going on in some of the sounds around the Guardians. Because I'm sure I saw something about an alphabet coming about. Or is that me dreaming about something there? Uh, in the audio? I think I think they found it in the audio stuff. Um, if you don't know anything, I'll try and find the reference while somebody else talks. <laughs> yeah, I can't... doesn't really ring any bells for me, at least. Okay. What about the um the, the the noise the Thargoid well, the sh that ship makes? Has anything been done with the sound for that? I think that uh most people in canon, uh, when we got the first videos, pretty much everyone was running it through a spectrogram trying to find something from like the uh, UP or something similar to that, and nothing ever came of that. Oh, okay. Which is a shame. I I tell you another thing that I saw that looked quite interesting and I, I posted it on the Lave Discord channel is someone got really close to the portal that the Thargoid opens up when it goes into witch space and it looks like there's a nebula in there but I don't think it is but it looks quite pretty because it's all green and yellow um, I don't know if anything's been done with that or if it is just kind of a, it's just a random graphic that's been used or, or is that a hint as to actually pointing to somewhere where that ship's going yeah, I wouldn't really know where to begin on that, to be quite honest. 
it just it just looked definitely a lot of interesting developments though that's for sure yeah because i saw another video where someone tried going through it and they there's like a force field or something there isn't it the ship bounces backwards um, yeah it just kind of pushes it back and says yeah no you can't come through here <laughs> yeah Okay, yeah, I, I, found, I found oh, a message. Oh, sorry. I found the thing saying um, from Commander Eridus is saying there could be a signal hidden in the obelisk spectrogram, and then he's got like a he's got a one hour audio file, a fifty six minute audio file, and a 30, 13 minute audio file, and yeah, I'd agree with him there. It looks a bit like a kind of barcode kind of thing, um, and then I saw later down when it all gets put together. There's like two vertical bars, meaning zero, and then a a, lo a long bar and a shorter bar meaning one, and then various other things to actually give us a full-on alphabet. But how they're jumping to this, I'm not a hundred percent sure. Right, I think that that was um, actually something uh, Canon uh, was focused on for quite a while, if I remember correctly. So Everyone was That's... trying to do whatever they could with that, and I don't yeah. believe nothing ever came of it. Um, well, this is, yeah, it's the ob obelisk stuff, but I don't know if there's any dates for that kind of stuff. Um, but I'll find you. The it's in the. It's actually it's in the main canon posts. I think in the alien archaeology and other mysteries thread nine. Ah, yeah. So it's. It's in. It's mentioned in there in the second post by Commander Riesel seventy two, and that'll be linked in the show notes to that massive load of data that we've got from them. Yeah. But I've no idea how how up to date that is. It's just something that I was like, okay, that's interesting that we got a full on a, f a full on lang uh, language possibly. Oh, now that I'm looking at it, I remember working on this for quite some time, actually. Right. Um, so is this old, then? Uh, it's back from when around the ruins were first found, and I think that it's been kind of a lead that a lot of people have tried to look into, but never really figured anything out from it. Yeah, that's a shame, then. Yeah. That was awesome if that turned out to be something. Yeah, if that was a language and FDev had put that much work into it, that would be quite something. Crazy. It would yeah. be incredible, wouldn't it? And see, it's uh, it, it's kind of interesting if it is their language, because that would um, align with one of the language files that was saying that rather than audible communication, they usually used visual, which is another really interesting tidbit about the Guardians. <laughs> At least they're not using um, smelly stuff. Can you imagine that? <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get that communicated across the game, that would be awkward. Yeah. But then again, uh, if they're from Ammonia Worlds, maybe we don't want them communicating in in, in smell of vision <laughs> Yeah. No. So, is there anything else happening then in either the, the unknown flower-like alien encounter or the... Um, ancient artifacts or the Formidine Rift that you want to tell us about? Uh, not that I can really think of. That's really about it so far. Um, 
a lot of people have theorized that there are likely more sites to be found in the Hawkins Gap, Conflux, and Formidian Rift regions. So if anyone wants to go out searching for those, then that's probably where the next development will be. And going back to the alien site, I know you said, you know, there's, there's one, probably two other sites. I mean, how are you going to how are you going to start kind of looking for those? Is there a specific process or if you kind of have you got any idea where they could be or is it just literally a case of stumbling on them? Because I know that alien site was founded by looking at a video from the elite meet, wasn't it? And coordinating using the stars and some. I actually believe that it was the uh, Guardians release trailer where um, some people on the forums had gotten together and started to kind of look at the star patterns and we're looking around at systems and actually ended up finding the system. Yeah. And then they found the planet and it was fairly obvious from then just scour the planet and within an hour or two they'd uh, found it. So I guess that the uh, we don't know really the intended way that we were meant to find it yet. So I guess that it's just a matter of waiting and hope, hoping something comes up or just randomly searching around planets. Well, that's how Jax was found, wasn't it? Someone randomly found his station. Um, I think before Frontier implemented the plot or carried on the story. Uh, actually, yeah, I think that with um, Jax, it was actually someone was just hovering over systems around nebulas, looking for one that had a population, because uh, I guess that they had thought that perhaps FDev would overlook that. But that's supposedly no longer a... Thing that will happen so it's more oriented towards you actually have to go find it now than just hovering yeah. over systems yeah, that's, that's, that's been quite clever but it's a little bit cheating isn't it you know just hovering over there but put yeah. the filter on it's just even there's something there like an economy oh yeah that's <laughs> yeah. where it is yeah that there's jacks yeah definitely so hopefully uh we can find those other ruined sites and get the rest of that data and try to piece together more of what happened to them. That would be cool. So that's the plan. Uh, that's really what it seems like. I believe that Canon is... I don't really know what they're up to in terms of that, to be quite honest. They could be... I think that quite a few people are looking for it, but I think that a lot of people are still investigating what we have right now and are going to just wait for FDEV to throw a bone or a hint towards perhaps another ruined site. Yeah. So are we... Are we done? Are we done? Yeah, are we done with that bit? Uh, yeah, that's pretty much everything that we really know about the ruins at this point and the... Uh, power, flower, of peace, or whatever you want to call that. I mean, I, I, I've obviously seen the video of the encounter. I mean, is there, have you actually encountered this alien species yourself? Uh, I have, actually. It's quite there anything scary that you when kind you're of, not expecting it. Yeah, I mean, obviously the video, you know, it shows a lot of stuff off, and I'm just wondering if, if there's been any variation on that encounter, or is there anything that, you know you might any insight you might have that isn't in the video i guess well so far the only really variation that i've seen in 
most videos and what I've experienced myself is really the alien ship always goes through the motions, but uh, it's really like the player's actions that change the encounter because you can chase it, you can basically do whatever you want after you regain control of your ship, which really makes me wonder, is FDEV recording what the players are doing to see what how they should sure approach they the are. future yeah. thing? I I bet you 97% that they are recording what is happening and seeing how many people are maybe being, you know, if it might, this might be a naughty or nice list, or it might, as Alan is very worried about, is if one person opens fire, then the thought goes, yeah, humanity's a bunch of dicks, they can all die. Yeah. But, um,. Other than that, it's really just wait and see, I suppose. The day that a Thargoid, or whatever they are, shoots upon a commander, or the day that we can actually communicate with them, is, I guess will be the defining moment as to how this plays out. Yeah, I'm right in thinking you're in, you're in Forge, aren't you? Uh, yes, I am. So, I know, from what I understand, there are, shall we say, several ways that people are wanting to deal with the alien menace or not, as the case may be. Where, where does Forge lie and all this kind of stuff? Um, Forge actually has a dedicated task force that I lead along with um, a Nemo called uh, um, the Hostile Alien Defense and Expedition Squadron, uh, Hades for short. And our stance, as well as the rest of the Forge, has always been peaceful first contact, but if they're out there shooting upon commanders, then we go out and try to help them and save them from possibly losing their exploration data or whatever they're coming back to the bubble with should a situation like that ever arise. And what about, what would your... So Forge is, a, it's a... I guess I'd call it like a meta group. It's like a, a group of groups. So it's not just canon, it's... Canon, Children of Raxler, and a whole lot of other... Uh, right, we've got... Other like, groups, pa isn't it? Uh, Paladin Consortium, Exo, uh, Dark Echo. We also have Disc, Canon, uh, the Children of Raxla, and then you also have Prismatic Imperium. You've got a representative from the uh, Candy Crew Guild. Uh, really, a lot of groups have become very... Uh, interested in joining and have joined so it's really a matter of they can really handle it the way they want but it's really suggested that you handle it peacefully rather than shooting things yeah so what's your take then on let's say you're seeing humans attacking the aliens what would you kind of do there um it's really their decision and at it makes a lot of sense. It's a very reasonable response because usually if you're interdicted normally, it's seen as a hostile action and most commanders will try to run or just plain combat log or whatever you do. But this is a very different scenario because you're getting interdicted in witch space, which is very not recorded. So you're getting these... You want to, like, run right away, probably, before you can even see anything. But the ship doesn't let you do that. It really just locks you there. You can't do much in terms of movement at all until it's 
uh, already moving away. So it's kind of that flight or fight response in a way. You can fight it or you can just fly away and just run. And it's a matter of deciding which one you think is the right option. You know how we're talking about the combat logging stuff and recording all the metrics? I'd be very interested to see how many people actually combat logged <laughs> from a high prediction. <laughs> that would definitely be an, be an interesting statistic. That's for sure. Anything else about anything else with that? Cow's back. Does Cow have anything to say? Granta, you got any alien probes? No, I have stayed extremely far away from all alien interactions on the grounds I do not wish to pervert the course of their natural meeting people and uh, to to spoil their opinion of what humans are. I thought, I'll just stay over here, way out of the way, um, dreading dreading the onslaught that's going to make it very difficult for me to make a profit. So you're kind of really strict to the Prime Directive then, Grant? Well, yes. Um, I, I'm the, my Prime Directive is to make lots of money in the game and get a big ship and then buy the Thargoids. <laughs> and why not? That's make, fair enough. If they've got multiple limbs, they'll be very, very useful slaves. And if they get in your tits, you can just bung them in a curry. Mm, I don't know about insect curry. Would that be a rare, a rare in the game? Thargoid <laughs> curry. Thargoid curry. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, yeah, I just, it could be quite tasty. Everyone gets a leg. Each. Actually, it could be a bit. It'd be a bit like crab, really, wouldn't it? You know, you crack the skin open and then eat the meat. And this is obviously uh, totally and utterly against Forge's um, recipe book. Forge has a recipe book. <laughs> <laughs> But buy the uh, the Ford recipe book today. Uh, uh, vegetables only. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. Yeah, but I guess meat for no you. alien, no alien fungus either. I guess. Yeah, no alien yeah. fungus, but uh, no, no insect meat either. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's one of those things that everyone has seen the video for the alien uh, high prediction and. It's one of those things, I think, if you experience it, can you imagine what that commander felt (laughs) as he just ship shut down? If it was only ruined by the frustrating Anaconda NPC that thought, aha, I'm going to try and kill you. And that was the only downside to the whole thing, um, was that annoying uh, NPC constantly firing. But how... Flipping terrifying it must have been to sort of just have your ship go off for no reason and then just sit there going, but you don't do cutscenes in Elite Dangerous. They don't, they don't, what's, what's going on? No, no, what What the hell's that? Oh no, I'm going to die. I've still got all my exploration data. Oh no, it must have been fantastic. Um, not, not to mention the uh, amazingly terrifying sound design. Oh, God, yeah, now, who was it? Was it, um, I wrote his name in last week's show notes so that I wouldn't forget, and I've not looked at them. Um, the designer was on with Ed, talking about what he was using for the, the makeup of the sounds and that, and he had things like a garage door spring, and <laughs> it was amazing. 
so he, yeah, it just had that brilliant non-worldly, non-earthy sounds to it. But just, oh, yeah, perfect. The, the entire encounter felt so alien compared to the rest of the game. Because up to this point, uh, even with the UA and UP, which a lot of people would argue are completely, inarguably alien, you have people saying, oh, well, it could be human, but I think that this ship is the first instance of really, oh, crap, that's definitely alien. You know? And then there were, uh, with the ruins, you've got people who were saying at first... um, Perhaps it's the uh, generation ships. It's a ruin from a uh, old generation ship that went missing and overshot its destination. And so, how could it be one of them? Because they traveled slower than light. Right, which is another like kind of flaw with that theory. But a lot of people have always been saying that, and now you kind of have just been thrown this very alien feeling encounter with all of this sound design and ship designs that are completely different from anything you've ever seen and to kind of see that coupled with the technology that you can see it using like the uh, scanner or whatever it was doing when it's uh, disabled your ship the hyperdiction how it enters witch space in a completely different way from the human version of that it's very, it's very alien. Yeah, it's not it's very, very tech. yeah. Although, it's, but then it's again, very the, undeniably alien in my yeah, opinion. The capital ships, the way that they come in and out of hyperspace, is also very different from us. It is, and they're using the uh, old hyperspace design as well. But the main difference between that and this alien ship is that it had they come through like a cloud of some sort and that's still kind of their um sorry i'm trying it's kind of hard to describe um like the reason that you see that cloud is i believe that they're still using the old fsd tech which was the cloud drive and they're using the the frontier tech i believe so i don't quote me on that i'm not 100 percent sure but it's definitely the uh, old, they're not using a frameshift drive. They're using an older version of the uh, technology. But um, even they can't really fly around freehand in witch space, from what I've seen. Or from what I read, at least, I mean. And when you see that Thargoid, or whatever it is, and it jumps in, you don't really know if it jumps out. Because that's kind of my running theory with why we can't follow their wakes is they jump in, but they don't jump out. Like, think of a, um, have you ever been to, like, an aquarium where there's that tunnel where you're just surrounded with water and there's fish swimming through it? Yeah. When you go through witch space, you're just walking through that tunnel. When the Thargoids go through witch space, they're swimming around in the overall aquarium. That's kind of my running idea with it. they're actually able to move around freehand and just kind of fly around in it, whereas we are just passing through. Oh, that makes sense to me as well. Alright, anything, any more for any more? Advert. Advert? Yeah. Can, can, can we get some onion head, Grant? Yeah. 
Of course yeah, we, we can. We, I, th- yes. I, I feel the need for some onion head. If you have sensitive ears, you might not want to listen to this bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, sensitive ears would be if you want to listen to Pink Custard. Yeah, post-watershed, so you're going to have the full onion head. Yeah. life, choose a ship, choose a career, choose a cargo, choose a fucking big ship, choose palladium gold and electrical tin openers, choose good health, local estrel and ship insurance, choose fixed interest loan repayments, choose a space station, choose your friends, choose leisure wear and matching luggage, choose a paint job and hire purchase and a range of fucking colours. Choose decals, exploration, and wondering where the fuck you are on a Sunday morning. Choose sitting in that chair, running mind-numbing, spirit-crushing trade routes, stuffing fucking junk food in your mouth. And choose rotting away at the end of it all, pissing your last in the void with no one out there to hear you bury or do anything as you drift away in cold space. Until some fucker comes along to steal your ship, your cargo, and your clothes, leaving your bones floating out in space. Choose your future. Choose life. But why would I want to do thing like that? I choose not to choose life. I chose something else. And the reasons? There are no reasons. Who needs reasons when you've got onion heads? On the far side of the bubble, on the dark side of an airless moon, on the slightly more interesting side of a ravine, there lived the engineer. The engineer can make your lasers more powerful. Your engines speedier and your gas tank really really big what do you want i want fish wait what that's right fish carp char chub jack loach crabby muckabate prickleback sole snook snake tang wahoo wabagum banjo banga snook soul shad scat Come on by with the long nose cat. Noodlefish, nibblefish, northern squaw. Hooma, hooma, nooka, nooka, wappa, wappa. What about Swedish fish? Why the hell not? Thanks, mister. You're in the wrong commercial. Well, shit. Fish, because, you know, space. Uh, I was going to say that, that that reminded me of uh, Train Spotting 2. Need to go and see that. And uh, when's that out? I'm looking forward to that actually. 
I, you know what? I haven't. I'm gonna have to watch the first one again because I think I saw it just once, like years, so many years ago. I can barely remember. I just remember Robert Carlyle beating people up. That's yeah. that's all I can remember. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I've seen Trainspotting quite a few times, but I yeah, it's, it's it's an excellent film, kind of demonstrating, and this one looks to be um, again. Very well done, and it seems to sort of capture that that the characters very well. So yeah, I, I don't know that I'll go to the cinema to watch it, but I'll certainly you know buy it off some guide in the barrows, which would be quite appropriate, really, for train spotting. <laughs> uh, I suppose if it's train spotting, you should be buying some buying it off some dodgy geezer at Ingleston Market. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, just nip down there and yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna shut up now because I just can't. I've got to behave myself. Uh, okay. Past watershed, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but even at that, you know, you know, you, you can't go what's past watershed now. I'll be racist as well as you know, ignorant and sexist oh. and chauvinistic. But no, no, we we haven't got fuzzed on this week. I thought we'd have a break from that, all that kind of stuff. So, um. So what are we going to do next? We're going to talk about Colonia Citizens Networker in my show notes. Now, this is another thing I know nothing about. Do you want me to talk yes, about Yes, please, please yeah. do. Yeah. Um, the, um, the Colonia Citizens Network, or CCN, is uh, a collaboration of players and groups that formed this network, and they've just released a rather shiny new website and the address for it is EliteCCN.com. It'll be in the show notes. Um, it's really cool. Um, there's a massive community hub there. And I've got a, um, a, little, a little quote from the editor of the Colonia Gazette. Um, so I'm just going to read out his statement about why they've done it and how they've done it. So, um, after weeks of hard graph, the Colonia Citizens Network have released a new website for all things related to what's happening out in Colonia. Put together by commanders Cohen Leth and Chauveau and many others, it's a hive of information such as the upcoming Gravity Limbo and cheese rolling events, Discord information, and it also now hosts the Colonia Gazette, who are hosting a ship kit giveaway to celebrate the new site. The address is EliteCCN.com and we encourage you to check it out. And that was from Commander Squiggle, who's the editor of the Colonia Gazette. And they're a really nice crew up there. Um, if, if you check out the website, if you're up in Colonia or if you're planning a trip up there, have a look at the website and maybe jump on Discord, which is a, a text chat service. Um, you can hook up with other commanders up there or just see what's going on. It's good, good fun. Yeah, I can certainly nice, nicely done. I can certainly sort of say very, only good things about the CCN. They're a lovely, lovely bunch of guys. I went out with them in the oh, back of the original, jumping out to Jacks for the first seat, uh, community goal up there, and I took part in the the convoy that went out there. And you know, lovely, lovely people. We had some great fun doing the meetups on route. Um. And then when you're when you're out at Colonia, it, I I know when I was out there, I was gushing about how beautiful it all was, and I 
adored it. I love it. And I just, the only thing I'd say is I wish it would take me less time to get back and forth. Because yeah. I, I, ah, uh, it, it's such a huge investment in time to get out there, even though it's totally and utterly worth it. How far is it? It's it's like twenty two thousand light years. 22, oh, twenty two. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I've I've heard you know since the opening of the neutron highway, folks mm. in ASPs, particularly if they're kind of engineered, I've heard such crazy times as three hours getting out. Yeah, I've heard silly things like that as well. Um, so. So yeah, if you want to try and invest in using the um, the neutron star highway, you're feeling a bit brave, and you don't think you're going to get fried. Um, worth a pun. Mm-hmm. Um, Why is this doing it? So, what other things then are CCN up to these days? Because I know I kind of left Colonia. Because oh, to be honest, there wasn't a heck of a lot going on. Well, they've got all kinds of crazy stuff going on. I mean, there's the, there's the local militia and yeah. the um, the pirate group that are out there at regular skirmish. They've got a pirate group out there deliberately. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> some nice roleplay stuff going on. Yeah. But of course, the biggie is the ten factions that are going in, the ten winners of the um, um, community goal, you know, the month-long frontier one. Aye. So you're going to get groups out there like Galcop, um and loads of others. So there's going to be 10 player factions really tightly close to each other, um, which is going to make things in- interesting, you know, a lot of diplomacy, a lot of collaboration, or not, as the case may be. But, but yeah, this, the CCN site, I mean, they hold regular events, like weekly events. I mean, there's the gravity limbo. We've got to try and fly assist off under, under ships and all kinds of random fun stuff. Um, and as, as you said, Ben, it's really pretty out there. It's, you know, you're in. You're in are we getting? Are we getting any missions or any community goals actually in the area, so that when you're there, you there is game-generated stuff as well? Yeah, there's, there's mission there. There's um, um, signal sources there as well now, so you you can pick up kind of you know rescue missions and well not missions but you know rescue events and things. Um, but yeah, there are missions. You you can pick up missions up there as well. Okay, um, so at least they've added that in now then. Yeah, it's it, it, it's great. And of course, there are about five billion belugas up there. Whenever you <laughs> pull into Jack's, there's always belugas, and they're usually ramming the toaster. So there's usually some debris flying around from a blown-up beluga um, whenever you're near Jack's. And in terms of missions, I can only imagine that that will expand even further than it already has when you get the uh, ten-player factions out there. Yeah. Yeah, and you get another five. You know, this, the, the current CG, the top five, um, and everybody that didn't come in within the top ten, their numbers are carried on onto this month. Um, so there's another another set of folks going. I'm, I'm not sure when the insertion date is. I'm not sure if it's this week or next week, or or when it is. But I'll report back on here when I know. Um, it'll certainly be fun up there. You know, lots of different okay cool alright some of the big news that I have been aware of is the Elite Dangerous RPG Kickstarter did you mention this last week it hadn't actually kicked off last week so no Oh, I couldn't remember the exact day I didn't know if it made it in for the last episode but uh, um, for people that don't know this is uh, another role playing game uh, from who's it? it's it's uh, Spider Man Spider Mind. I keep on saying Spider Man games. <laughs> Spider Mind games. 
Uh, and so they got the role-playing game on um, uh, Kickstarter. They're looking for £45,000. Um, I don't know whether to be shocked by that or not. I don't know how much it costs them to make a role-playing game. Um, and they're on 28000 already. So they're looking set to do quite well, I would hope. 28 days to go. Uh, I take it everybody has pledged to this? Yeah. I have, yes. Yep. And I'm actually genuinely um, pleasantly surprised that it's doing so well because I looked at that total and went, 45,000 pounds? What yeah. the heck? And it's just because obviously they are a professional outfit and they have costed themselves and they have got the clearly have got the following to support it and it's flipping amazing so I'm really excited to see what they're doing and I know we're having uh let's just say a special evening tomorrow night um where we'll probably learn some more about the project I think is fair to say isn't it Ben I think that's fair to say although yeah, I, I'm I'm not one to make any thoughts as to when that might make it live. <laughs> 2018 coming soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> it might be out just shortly after Docker season two, episode two. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll not we'll not mention that. At least you're going to have all the parts for it. Well, this is true. It should be nice and straight. Oh, you're know, crazy. Not not trying to give away too too much, but we're really quite looking forward to that. Obviously, in the past, we have done four maybe three or four special uh, role play <laughs> sessions with uh, Dave Hughes and the Elite Encounters which was humongous fun and a really good laugh and we hope that the pro- the, the, the programs we put out afterwards were as enjoyable for you as we had <laughs> fond memories there fond memories Fozza trying to smack everyone around the back of the head with a with a pipe and <laughs> didn't didn't a, a woman give birth as well? We, we've been yes. through it all. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think right. somebody did actually. That, yeah. That was that oh, was the most be... bizarre um, role play. That one definitely. When it was left to Chris Jarvis to decipher what exactly we needed to do <laughs> in order for a successful childbirth. Oh my God! They are available on the Live Radio <laughs> website. Um, if you look for the RPG episodes, they are definitely worth a listen. And as I say, we're going to spend some time getting to grips with this new uh, ED RPG to see how it compares. And we'll report back to you as soon as we can. And um, yeah, if you're interested, go and have a look at it in Kickstarter. It's definitely worth getting involved in. It looks... You know what? Let's not bother about worrying about giving it a kiss of death. But it looks certain to cross the line and potentially go on and get some nice stretch goals. Yeah. Sorry, oh, there's not going to thank you for that. Sorry. Why would you do that, Grant? Why would you do that? Uh, just, just a bit of clarification for people who haven't heard of it yet. This is a uh, tabletop RPG as well. It's not another elite computer game. So that yes. should definitely be a lot of fun. It is, but I would say if you've if you've tried Elite Encounters at any of the conventions where Dave Hughes run a session, they are a lot of fun. And obviously, the only limitation is imagination, which is why we never play with Ben. Um, <laughs> is that meant to be a compliment? No. Uh, <laughs> um, 
I will really laugh yeah. at Ben, but I'm looking forward to taking it on and and, and um, having some fun with it, and then getting back to you guys. And hopefully, um, there'll be something to to have a go of at LaveCon from maybe both sides, so we can really get a taster for them. But you know, yeah. I, I mean, I can't recommend uh, the role playing games enough, really. Um, and if anybody does go back and listen to the four that we did of Dave Hughes's game. Uh, it probably comes across a bit in in the recording that we were playing the game that things start off a little bit awkward, don't they? They all, you know, when you first start playing, nobody knows what you know what they're meant to be doing or whether they can do something or not. But I think it's safe to say that within 15 minutes, everyone's just having a laugh, and and some of the most ri- ridiculous things happen. <laughs> no, you go first. Um, no, you go first. No, you go first. <laughs> you open the. I box. remember. The first time I played Dave Hughes's game was actually at LaveCon. I think it was the the second LaveCon when we were at. Oh, where was it? It wasn't the usual. It's not that the usual hotel that Kettering. we used. Kettering, that was it. Yeah, and I remember playing, and um, I was actually really disappointed that Dave Hughes killed me <laughs> in the game because um, I was trying to be friendly to the people that were boarding the ship, not realizing, thinking that they were coming to rescue us. And I took a bullet to the brain as soon as the airlock opened. Ouch. So anything can can happen, uh, especially when you got a, a a GM like Dave. Well, yeah. So yeah, listen back to them. You've got to watch if you're playing with Dave and you're trying to make a complex move and the bar's calling last orders. It probably is not going to work out for you. Great stuff. Right. Uh, where are we now in the show notes? We can't be far from the end. Um, oh, okay, some shout-outs. We, we don't have any questions this week, do we? No. So we're going to do some shout-outs. The main one is going to be for Fozza. Um, he's doing his crazy run. I don't know how crazy it is. How far is he running every day? Uh, to the corner shop for the papers and milk. <laughs> Okay, how I, I can't remember how long he's doing it for. Oh, he's on day seventeen of thirty-one. So basically, for the whole month of January, he's going running for between thirty and fifty minutes every day. Um, apparently, he's got sore knees, calves, back, and neck, and I can completely understand that because I did the training for the Cardiff Half Marathon, and, and it really takes out of you if you haven't been keeping up with your fitness. Um, so far, he's managed to raise over a thousand pound for Mind.org. Uh, they run the local local support groups and national awareness campaigns uh, to remove the stigma of mental health issues such as anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, uh, to name but a few. If you want to see how he's getting on and throw some pennies his way, check out his page on Just Giving. That's justgiving.com forward slash Red I don't know why Red Fozzer. Run every day. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, and also big shout out for Colin, who unfortunately isn't with us now. He's had to shoot off, uh, but <laughs> he's regularly streaming from his Xbox and he's heading to Colonia. So I don't know how interesting that is on a stream, um, but he streams from 11 PM onwards on Thursday and Sunday nights. Uh, is he not doing it in a, in a sidewinder? Yeah, I think he is. Silver Sidewinder, I think. It's quite brutal. Yeah, it's going to take uh, months. (laughs) 
So if you want to see the exciting right. conclusion, maybe set a reminder for this time in 2018. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, it, I take it he does a little bit of idle chit-chat and, you know, genuinely interesting stuff rather than just people watching him <laughs> softly weep and ask himself why. <laughs> <laughs> why have I decided to do this? Um, and I've got Commander Snuffler and Gwen Pig. Now, <laughs> somebody give some context to this. Okay, well, first of all, this is no laughing matter. Okay. But I'll leave it for Ben. Because I, I haven't got the show notes open, so I'm not sure what it says, and I would hate to put my foot in it. <laughs> um... Ben, Ben. Oh, no, oh, he said, ben, he said ben burn. Well, I believe that Snuffler's uh, pet pig, uh, Gwen, I'm imagining, and and I hope I'm getting that right. I should really try and fart the show notes, but as far as I'm aware, uh, Gwen passed away today, and there's been a, a lot of people kind of, you know... Well, it, it, they were. It, he was a family pet to poor old Snuffler, and I think he's feeling the loss and so we should send out our, our love and best wishes and also I think um, Commander Flossie as well at this time experienced a loss last week which we send out our love and regards and our commiserations to her as well so um, yeah, well, sorry oh, for your loss Commiserations Sniffler and Flossie, it's it's always difficult when you lose uh, a close pet like that Well, No, sorry, Flossie <laughs> Sorry, sorry, it's Sniffler talking about the pet, and yeah. obviously yeah. as well. <laughs> this is going to take a lot of editing. We've got to try and make it sound yeah. sincere. Oh, I was genuinely been sincere. It's, you know, I, I, I get close to pets. And, yeah, you do, Alex. I mean, I think it's one of the hardest things. If you've never had to do it, if you've never had to take a pet to the vet to have it put down, there is no describing how... How ridiculously easy you try and con yourself into thinking, I can't be upset, you know, it's a good life, everything's fine, and then reduce yourself to a blubbering pile of flesh on the floor next to the bench going, why? That's so unfair, it's one of the hardest things it is, and I think when you have a... Uh, uh, pet, no matter what size, and I can only imagine that the personality of of Gwen would have been something that they'd have come to become really, really used to. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a significant loss. So yeah. Um, oh, Ben's broken. Okay. Yep, he's 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 out of it. He says, "Please stand by if you're watching on Twitch." Terribly sorry, everyone on Twitch. Um, so yes, commiserations to Snuffler and to Commander Flossie. Okay, um, well, on a slightly happier note, we we have some some messages. Uh, Matt one six eight says, considering that I've only logged on an hour or two on Elite Dangerous in the last six months or more, and that was mostly spent trying to get my control mappings back since I stupidly deleted them during a long pass beta. Yeah, I think we've all done that. I still enjoy listening to the podcast promptly after it's downloaded each week. Oh, that's very nice of you, Matt. The last, last episode made me realise just how much out of touch with the actual game I am, but listening keeps me vaguely up to date and makes sure I still want to play, even if time and joystick mappings conspire against me. Well, Matt, you definitely have my sympathy there. Uh, I think I'm in the same situation as you. I'd like to think that the show um, can give some people updates, even if they're not playing. 
Uh, we do endeavour not to talk in ways which assume that everybody knows everything. Um, at least I don't anyway. I don't know about what you guys do week on week. So are we going to give out some shout outs to people who are in game? Uh, this is probably a bad time to do it, given that uh, Ben's having some stream issues. But um, I want to give some shout outs to the people in the IRC, the old school listeners. Uh, Penguin, Academic Dust 894. That's a very interesting name. Commander Bapster, you star. Commander Payne, Commander Ripped, Commander Starion, Commander Tea Time, Commander Ventura, another another legend. Hogwarm, Ducalo, Nop oh come on, Nopil Threos or <laughs> uh, Rapid Fire and Sneevus. Hello, Sneevus. I haven't seen you for a while. Um, and so yeah, sadly we've we've lost the Twitch stream. So. Um, but uh, thank you to all the commanders in game who came to say hello to Ben. Yeah, I've managed to get myself back up and running, but when I start running my um, oh the voice meter banana, which we need for going out on Twitch and things like that, all my audio just turns into Super Mega Cracklebot. Oh and dear! I wow! I don't know why is that, that is. Is that from the the new um, what do you call it uh, Power Rangers movie? It says yes. It sounds like one of the baddies. <laughs> um, it does. I'm I'm trying to get it fixed, but I don't know at the moment. And I'm hoping I'm going to actually try without a banana and using my Nvidia Shadowplay stuff. Because, but I don't know if I can get Twitch. I don't know if I can get Skype coming out on that. So. I'm hopefully get things fixed, but we'll see. Okay, well, what I'm currently doing is lining up the Galnet uh, Digest for this week that will play after our broadcast tonight, so stick around for that. And we are hoping, beyond hope, to get the Galnet playing every second hour on the 24-hour stream for you so that if you are listening to the Lave Radio Network um, 24-hour stream, you'll be enjoying lots of really good music and also being able to keep up to date with the latest Galnet news. Um, and I think we're going to try and possibly repeat the episode on a Tuesday night throughout the week as well so that you can catch up to that or, of course, Download it on the podcast page if that's what you prefer. Thank you very much, Grant. Uh, well, in that case, I think we can wrap it up. I'd like to thank everybody for joining me. So thank you to Andre, Ben, uh, Colin, of course, Grant. Um, thank myself for turning up. Uh, and also to uh, Connor and uh, Matthew uh, or Paraxim um, he, when he was on briefly. So... Uh, just leaves me to say that's it for another episode of Lave Radio. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, then you can email us info at laveradio.com. You can find us on Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Lave Radio, and at Lave Radio on Twitter. Uh, you could join the Discord channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Radio. Uh, and we have a TeamSpeak server where commanders can come and hang out and chat. That's teamspeak.laveradio.com. Uh, just a reminder that we recorded live on a Tuesday evening at half eight and streamed out live uh, from leaveradio.com forward slash live. 
Uh, once again, thanks, guys, and to all those commanders who've joined us, either in chat or outside Live Station. Until next time, fly safe, and if you can't do that, fly dangerous. Galnet News Digest, 17th of January, 3303. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, Dynasty Expedition Settlements Found. Gold Rush for Ramtar Data. Superpowers React, and Ramtar reacts to the superpowers. Dynasty Expedition Settlements Found. Long abandoned settlements belonging to the mysterious Dynasty project have been located in the Formidine Rift, the Conflux, and Hawkins Gap. The settlements appear to have been established by long range missions that set off in October 3270 to deploy deep space satellites. The purpose of the satellites was kept secret from the crew, but they apparently needed to be dropped off in very specific locations. Disturbing messages left at the sites hint at ambush by alien races. The Conflux logbook reports that mysterious lights seem to be following the ship during its hyperspace jumps and ends with a hyperspace interdiction. The ship is dropped into normal space, suffers complete loss of power and then something appears in front of the ship. The messages found in the Formidian Rift report firstly a mysterious and unexpected signal source and then a hyperdrive failure. We tried jumping and got yanked straight back out. The drive could not be repaired the final message starts to give a location where the survivors can be found, but breaks off suddenly. Is there a link to the Sirius Corporation and Metadrive Incorporated? And their dynasty expeditions? Do the recent initiatives by both Sirius and Balloon's Gold Touch systems to deploy further deep space satellites have any significance? Why was the 3270 project kept secret? And why was there no search for survivors? We deserve answers to these questions. 
Gold Rush for Ramtar Data. Canon Interstellar is coordinating a data gathering exercise on behalf of engineer Ram Tar. In the face of a gold rush from commanders seeking to profit from the generous terms on offer, Tar is offering 1 million credits for every item of data collected, with a bonus of 100 million credits for any commander who retrieves the complete dataset. From the information collected so far, it's believed that the race that built the ruined city called itself the Guardians 2.2, and had an advanced civilization with advanced warfare techniques. Their weapons were mainly biological, and they're known to have developed artificial intelligence implants. Their AI may have provided an effective defence against biological weapons. Intriguingly, the Guardians communicated using a network of obelisks, some of which were very small and could be carried in spaceships. Could the Martian relic found on Mars in 2280, and in federal custody since then, be part of that network? Could the Federation be in communication with the Guardians? And where are the Guardians now? The search is on to find other xenoarchaeological sites to help unravel these mysteries. Superpowers react, and Ramtar reacts to the superpowers. There have been mixed reactions to the recent alien high predictions by the leaders of the three galactic powers, and a scornful response from Professor Palin. President Hudson stated that it would be better to assume that the craft was of alien origin, even without conclusive proof, asking, would you rather prepare for an attack that may not come or be met by an attack that you didn't prepare for. Purple-haired, fluffy-brain Princess Ashling Duval suggested it was much more likely that the craft might be an elaborate hoax. Prime Minister Mahan suggested that it would be best to keep an open mind and investigate further. Professor Ishmael Palin's response to these statements was more forthright. To my mind, he proclaimed, there is clear visual connection between these mysterious vessels, the shipwrecks found in HIP 17862 and the Pleiades, the unknown artefacts and the unknown probes. And I believe we can only draw one conclusion. We're sharing the galaxy with an intelligent, non-human species. Engineer Ram Tar agreed with Palin's assessment but pointed out that we have neither managed to communicate with the vessels nor identify their origin. There is much research still to do. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News. We read the news so you don't have to. <laughs>